good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever I say that, I'm merely saying it because I'm not sure when listeners will hear this, and I want to give you all a proper greeting. Um, before I get started with today's episode, I want to thank all the listeners um, over the past year and a half that I've been you know, having my own podcast. Um, I really appreciate the feedback. I really appreciate everyone who is, you know, tuned in and, and either hit me up via social media or personal text message or however we stay in contact. Um, you know, people from the East Coast to the West Coast, um, Shouts out to a few of the other countries that I've been um, heard in. Um, I think the furthest I, I think the furthest I was heard was out in Saudi Arabia, I believe. I have to double check that. But nonetheless, I thank you and I appreciate it like so much. Um I honestly just started, you know, putting out the podcast just to, you know, as a, a a form of release therapy, if you will, to just like get my thoughts out. Posting on Facebook um, kind of got old to me. And plus, I don't really spend much time on Facebook um, unless my IG page, well, unless I post something on my IG page because it's connected to my Facebook page, but... I don't really go on Facebook and post things that much. Um, it's gotten a little saturated with certain things, and I kind of just want to um, keep my mind clear of, of you know, negativity and things that uh, limit all of that as much as I possibly can. Um, but to this evening, I'm going to talk a little bit about, or um, maybe maybe not be a little bit, but I'm going to. I, w- I was going to wait until I got to Atlanta to record this podcast, to record this episode. Um, I literally have been holding this episode in my head for about a year, to tell you the truth, or a little over a year. Um, and the reason why I was holding on to it so much and so long was because I actually wanted to record it in front of a camera on a YouTube channel that I I plan on creating. Um, And the cause of that YouTube channel and the reason for that YouTube channel is it's a lot of things that um, I've been working on that I've been... um, I've only spoke to a select few people about that I've been having, you know, some really deep thoughts about doing these things. Um... And I wanted to actually document that process. Uh, one of them is a clothing line that, that I'm working on. Um, document that process of going through, um, you know, wholesale versus um, having an online uh, store. Um, that type of setup. Like just literally going through the breakdown of how not stressful because I don't really think things that you are passionate about, things that you work towards are stressful. Um, difficult, 
maybe, impossible, never. Um, and the reason why I say things may be difficult but never impossible is because, you know, nothing is impossible. Everything that you want to achieve in this life is very much possible. Um, the fact that I'm even able to record a podcast on my phone using the technology that I'm given and not necessarily having to have a whole, you know, mic and a whole setup like that is proof that anything is possible. Um, I have daily conversations with my brothers about the music that they work on, all of the music that we work on, the three of us, and actually the four of us. Actually, all my homies that I'm um, cool with, even my brother's friends, my my baby brother and his close-knit group of friends, in some way, shape, or form, we're all connected via music. And I'm always talking about better ways to distribute music and and how to get it out there to the world because I'm always doing research on something. And um, just talking to the young guys, and I tell them all the time how much I respect them. But I, I like, I wanted to document all of that, you know, a day in the life type of thing. Even um, my rap writing, which is, um, it's the thing that probably comes the most natural to me apart from, um, you know, breathing. <laughs> I still can remember to this day when I started writing and, and how easy it was um, for me to come up with stories and um, how even when I'm angry or upset or bothered by something that um, these stories come to mind. Um, I wanted to save this episode for when I got to Atlanta as a part of the documentation of how I got to Atlanta in the first place. But I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine, shout out to Jasmine, her and I met um, about a year and some change ago through my girlfriend who used to work at um, a a clothing company, Um, and I'm not going to give them any press because they got enough, but um, we met by way of um, my girlfriend and Jasmine is probably one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Um, and so is my girlfriend. And shout outs to the homie Cassandra. They're some of the cute, coolest people you'll ever meet. And like everybody else, they go through things. They have their moments where they feel low and they feel high. And they, you know, but they're also enjoying life. They're not allowing things to limit life for them. Um, my girlfriend and I, we have daily conversations. Some of them turn into disagreements, but the ultimate goal is that she wants more for herself out of life and I want more for myself out of life. And we always try to find out if we're on the same page and if we're not on the same page, then we try to try to, we try to get on the same page. And if we're on the same page, but reading a different paragraph, we just have to have that conversation. So, um, Jasmine just hit me. Well, they found out her. Jasmine and Cassandra found out um, about a week ago that I have a podcast that I'm almost like 20 episodes in. And she 
took a listen to it and she hit my girlfriend up and told her how much you know she she likes the podcast and then my girlfriend sent me the contact and we were just having a conversation about how I need to continue to do them and I haven't put up a new episode since my like recap of um 2019 and it's not because I don't have material it's not that at all um I always have material trust me like my my brain is, is one of my gifts in this life that I can literally I barely have to write anything down when it comes down to memory bank like I it's just stored up here in my head um but I will say I've kind of just been taking taking it easy for real, for real. And the reason why I've been taking it easy is because what sparked this whole podcast to begin with. I was like I said, I was having a conversation with Jasmine and she told me I needed to put out a new one as soon as possible. And I was like, you know what? I know the perfect one that I can put out without um even though it's kinda of going against the plan that I had for it, but that's the point. Uh, that's the point of this whole thing. That's the point of the whole conversation Jasmine and I were having when um, her and my girlfriend and um, myself and Sam and we all linked up. The whole point of it all is that as long as you have a plan and as long as you know what your set target is or your set goal is, to keep striving towards that. The plan may have to be adjusted. The process may have to be adjusted. But as long as you trust the fact that at the end of it all, you're going to get to where you are, or should I say where you want to be, um, that's what, that is what matters most. And I'm, I'm going to elaborate on that by saying, like, this, is, this entire story that I'm about to share with you guys is the reason why sticking to the course matters more than the the end result. Um, keep the end, res- end result in mind, of course, but sticking to the course matters a hell of a lot more. Um, you might hear some people say um, it's the journey, not the destination, and that's very much so true. Um, and the the journey that I've been on thus far has led me to where I'm about to go. And where I am right now, sitting in or standing in the kitchen of the apartment that I've been staying in with my girlfriend for the past two years, that we are now in the process of transitioning out of, has brought us a lot of joy, a lot of comfort, um, but the process to get into this apartment was one for the record books. I promise you, it, <laughs> I'm going to shed light on that story another day, but, um, it just showed even more that when I got that fire in me to make sure that something gets done, I'm relentless, like fucking relentless. It's insane. Um, so September 2018 is that this is how the whole story, the whole story starts with, you know, the reason why I say stick to the course. 
September 2018. My girlfriend and I were talking about what she wanted to do for her birthday. And we were talking about taking a trip to... Um, or we were just talking about taking a trip somewhere. Um, and I think this was this would have been the first time that I've been on a plane in probably nearly eight years. Maybe even nine years. So we were planning... We were trying to figure out what town we wanted to go to because we wanted to get out of New York for a little while. And as any native New Yorker knows, you know, if you've been somewhere even for a little while, even if you're just driving through the town, just seeing things outside of what you normally see in New York, it'll uh, broaden your horizon for sure. Um, if you haven't been outside the state of New York just yet, or should I say inner city New York, like New York City, five boroughs, Tri-state area, Jersey, that whole nine. If you haven't been out of your hometown, I urge you to take a weekend trip, even if it's to Atlantic City, if it's to Philly, if it's to Baltimore, D.C. Just take a trip outside of your normal town, your your, your normal city, and your comfort zone, and you'll see exactly how different things are and how attainable other things are um i can't stress enough that it, it opened my eyes a lot growing up as a kid you know spending time in north carolina uh which is you know like a, it really is my second home um even when i didn't want to go my grandma sent me down there anyway but it taught me a lot down there it taught me patience um you know can you imagine a city kid you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, being sent to North Carolina every summer. <laughs> uh, you go from being being able to walk out your um, apartment building to, um, and that's me putting it lightly, you'll be able to walk out your apartment building and going straight to the basketball court. And then now you're waking up and it's, you know, some dirt roads and, you know, You'd be lucky if you see a basketball goal in sight. So, but it taught me uh, um, how to better utilize my time. And, um, but again, that's, that's a conversation for another day. Um, I would say that, um, so yeah, anyway, back to the story. We were trying to figure out where we were going. And I told her I haven't been on the plane in a very long time. So not that I was nervous, but this will literally be my first time being on the plane. Um, and yeah, damn near a decade plus. And I did mention to her um, that New Orleans is a great time. I remember my trip to New Orleans when I was a kid. When I was 10 years old, my grandmother, again... I almost didn't want to go on a trip. Sorry, hold on. I almost didn't want to go on a trip, but she took me anyway. Went to New Orleans, went to Alabama, went to a few other southern states. And New Orleans was, was such a great time. Um, of course, I couldn't do much besides like enjoy the sights and eat. And I ate. 
everything I get my hands on for the most part. I ate as much food as I could. <laughs> I had fun. I really enjoyed my time in, it, in, in New Orleans as I could. I really did. Um, I remember the hotel we stayed at. Outside of the hotel had this huge mural of Louis Armstrong. Um, I remember walking. I couldn't really walk down Bourbon Street because I was with, you know, like I said, my grandmother and older other older folks, and they wasn't going to no Bourbon Street. But I remember being on a, a street adjacent to Bourbon Street and just hearing, you know, the sounds and the music of people just enjoying themselves and enjoying life and. I'll never forget it. It's literally one of them things that's like etched in my brain. And um, when she was talking about she wanted, when my girlfriend was talking about she wanted to go somewhere and just have a good time and not really think about anything and just literally enjoy herself, I said, New Orleans. Like, without a doubt, it was the first thing that came to my mind. And I started talking about the food and, you know, I remember... You know, seeing guys walking around with, you're seeing people walking around with drinks. Yeah, I was 10, but I also knew what alcoholic beverages were. Um, I'm from the hood, man. What you expect? But, um, but I remember all of that. So I was telling her those details and let her know um, what, what she could expect or um, and things like that. So we started looking into the trip, started planning it. Um, lo and behold, and shout out to my girlfriend, like, I call her M, that's her name to me, I'm not gonna disclose her full name, but I call her M, for sure. I can literally be talking about something, doing something, wanting something, wanting to buy something, wanting to see something, whatever it is. She'll be on her phone next to me. And next thing I know, she like, okay, she done found a, she done found the flight, she done found the, 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 the time frames for the hotel, she done found rental car prices, she done found things to do in the town that we're thinking about visiting. Like, I don't know how she do it, but shout out, shout outs to her because she's fucking amazing at it. And um, about a week later, flight was booked, hotel was booked time frame, all of that. So all I had to do was tell my job when I was leaving town so they can prepare to not see me for them days and when I was coming back. So, of course, um, it was things that transpired. Hold, please. This is a byproduct of living in a busy city. Sirens almost every three hours. Anyway, um... We, yeah, we, um, for her birthday that night before, yeah, I believe that night before, we, um, we actually took a, we hung out with some mutual friends, um, well, we thought they were friends, but I'll get into that on another episode, but it was, you know, her, myself, Sam, Jasmine, and a few other folks that we don't really bang with like that anymore, but, um, that night, we have decent time, and I got junk as a skunk, but I was still coherent. I was able to come in the house, change my clothes, and board the flight. Girlfriend, of course, was yelling at me the whole way. Um, 
But by the time we got to New Orleans, I was sober as a judge and hungry as hell. So we got to the hotel, um, went to go get our food. The, the, the flight wasn't long. It was just the layover. The layover was a pain in the ass. It was a three-hour layover. Uh, you know, anybody who's been on it, on and off of planes and been in and out of airports, you know, them layovers can get like real annoying. So if you haven't been on the airport, I mean, on a plane and you plan on going to um, anywhere taking flight and you have a layover, Netflix and Hulu and a good ass show or a good ass book will be your best friends. I promise you. So, um, we get to New Orleans, we hungry, but we don't want just regular ass food. We're not really big on fast food. Um, we, like I said, we just got to the, to the, to the hotel. We haven't really had time to figure out, but food is a must. The last meal we ate was nearly like six, seven hours ago. So we need something fast. So... There's a place called Willie's, and I put it up there with the Chick-fil-A's and the Popeye's of the world in terms of the best chicken tenders that we've had, but the best biscuits bar none. I mean, I highly recommend Willie's, but anyway, we're chilling, eating, we got some food in our system, we go back to... um, the hotel to check in, take a little nap, and then we wake up and we start, you know, seeing the town. And then the one thing that we did that I felt like we kind of just needed to to do was we went to an area called the Garden District. Um, we kept hearing about it from one place or another, one, you know, thing or another. So we got on a streetcar, which... Streetcar was like a dollar twenty-five. You can, you know, it'll pick you up on a certain street, and you don't literally. For those who aren't familiar with streetcars, um, they don't show them in New Orleans a lot, but think San Francisco, the little red shit that be riding on the street. Yeah, they have those in New Orleans too, and a couple of other cities throughout America. But um, we got on a streetcar, and. We went to the Garden District. Garden District is, if I had to compare it to a town for my New York listeners and um, other listeners out there, if I had to compare it to a space, I'd say it's like, it's your upper echelon area. For my New Yorkers, if I had to compare it to something, I'd compare it to the Upper East Side. Um but yeah, it's your upper inch line. We're talking about condos. We're talking about mansions. We're talking about, you know, you name anything high class, it's there. Right? So, we're standing and we get off the streetcar. We're standing in the middle of, uh, of, of the Garden District and we're just taking it all in. I mean, this this certain level of peace came over me. And I was looking around and I'm looking at all the trim trees and bushes and the architecture. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I'm literally standing in the middle of the street. And being from New York, 
and also living in um, the DMV area, there's not too many places that I can, you can actually do that from, I've been so far. Uh, New York, you got Times Square and Harold Square. Um, in D.C., you know, you got certain places in Georgetown where you can get away with it. Um, and um, for, that, that's all I know. Um, in Maryland, I haven't really run come across. Oh, Fells Point. Fells Point is another area where it's very little traffic. Um, and you can get away with staying in the middle of the street. But I'm staying in the middle of the street. And there's railroad tracks for the streetcar going in both directions. I'm standing near tree line blocks and architecture and I'm 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 blown away by the designs of some of these homes. Um one place was a school that I thought was somebody's home and then I, you know, turned the corner and saw that it was a school, but it's just it was just beautiful. And I'm standing there and I'm looking around and I have this this calmness over me, this peace that just hit me. And I say to my girlfriend, I'm like, yo, I say to M, I'm like, yo, this is comfortable as hell. And before I got, I could even like continue to articulate the feeling that I had. I looked down and she's already looking up apartments in the area. And that's when I knew that my time in New York was coming to an end. Um, and New York, as great, as great as it's been for me, it taught me a lot. It helped shape the person that I am and I'm becoming. But there's certain things in New York that I, I don't want anymore. Like, legit, don't want, don't want to deal with, don't want to see. It's a time for a change. And you you know as an individual when it's time for a change. Um, you may fight against it. You may, you know, argue with it. You may, like, do whatever you can to, to not have to deal with it. But a change is coming for people who like progression. And you, as the person who is about to deal with that change, have to adapt accordingly. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, we are standing there, clearly on the same page. She done looked up apartment. She done looked up to see how much an apartment costs. And it's one that was right across the street from where we were standing. Um, sorry, let me send a, a text out real quick. It was one right across the street from where we were standing. When I say right across the street, I mean like no less than 15 feet. 15, 20 feet. The building right across the street from the streetcar. So we look up the rent and it's um, 1200 but it's also that... However she found out, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was like apartments.com or if it was something else, but 
whatever she used to, to look up the apartments in that area, there was other apartments um, up and down that street, you know, not too far from where we were standing, maybe a block away in each direction that were 1,000, 900, you know, 1,200, whatever the case is. And they were like, you know, all over the place. So we see a guy, uh, um, an elder African-American gentleman, um, tending to the yard of one of these apartment buildings. And we just walked over and we just asked him, uh, uh, you know, a few questions about the neighborhood and the area. And he said, it's, you know, it's nice over here. He's familiar with the area. He does work in this area a lot, but it's expensive. So we just asked, because, you know, from New York, what you mean expensive? They got people up here paying, you know, eight, nine hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars, thirteen hundred dollars for closets. Literally, a room that's the size of a closet. So we asked him, which, you know, how much is, you know, rent here? He was like, the most expensive apartment in this building is twelve hundred. Me and him looked at each other and we were like, we paid thirteen hundred now. That's you know, twelve hundred is twelve hundred. Okay, we were expecting like some crazy number, like two thousand or three thousand dollars for um, that area. But of course, we had already looked up the apartments in that area and saw that there was some in a price range that is, you know, that's that's very decent. So, her and I look at each other again. We like uh, we took a, a walk or two, like a walk down a block or two before we hop back on the streetcar, just to like look around the area, just to just to see, you know, more of the Garden District. Oh, excuse me. So we get back to our hotel, and as we're looking for another place to go grab some food, we're talking about you know. What we gonna do for the rest of the day and whatever, but from that point on, sitting and standing in the middle of the garden district, looking around, when her and I clearly were on the same page, and that was in 2018. For the next year, from that day, my thoughts went towards moving out of New York. For a year and some change, my thoughts have went towards moving out of New York. Every thought that I had, be it about a job, be it about um, the living arrangements, every thought was about moving. And I... I even did so much as up the ante on my 401k. Um, and I, I'll explain that in a minute. But everything I thought about, everything I, I researched, um, for the most part, was involving moving. I didn't say anything other, you know, apart from M. No one else knew what I was thinking about. No one else knew I wanted to move. No one else had any idea. I maybe uttered something to my moms about it, but 
no one knew. And we just kept it to ourselves and we just worked diligently. The reason why I brought it for, for my 401k a few seconds ago was simply because I was thinking about like, oh man, we moved to a new town, the rent is going to be cheaper. It's the same thing we did to get this apartment where we paid $1,300 times four to secure this one. What if we were able to do the same thing in another town, but instead of it being $1,300 times four, it'd be, you know, eight fifty or nine or even a thousand or whatever it is that we, you know, in the price range that we want, we could have double the space, cheaper to rent, and we'd pay off one, two, maybe even up to four months in advance. Just the, the, the thought alone got me excited. The thought alone put me in a headspace of, yo, my life is about to change. Everything that I thought was supposed to be, there's another side. And again, most people, you know, aren't going to really think like, oh, well, you know, New York is this thing and you got to, yeah, New York ain't for me no more. You know, there's other cities out there that I feel like speak to me more than New York nowadays. And New Orleans is one of them. And then Atlanta is another. When I looked at my 401k, I had some decent money saved up already. I'm like, you know what? If we do the math, well, I did the math and I was like, oh, Stay at this job another year and some change, and I can have even more money. So not only would my girlfriend and I, Em and I, would be able to save—I mean, yes, yeah, save—but then we'll be able to put up a certain amount of money for our new place and still have money left over. You dig? So that was so. We looked at the job market. Job market was pretty legit. Looked at the places to stay. Places to stay, off the hook. Now we just got to stick through the jobs that we have for the next year until it's time to go. So, all the while, I'm staying in course. I'm staying in course. Even when I got frustrated at work. Even when I got royally like pissed off with certain people at work or certain things at work, I should say. I reminded myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm still continuing to, you know, work at the job and the benefits of working at the job and staying there and not having to go out and look for another spot and so on and so on. And another job and so on and so on. Um, And just kept working. Every time I got frustrated or it, or whatever the case is, I reminded myself of what I was doing it for. Um, and I was doing it because, of course, you know, I got bills to pay here in New York. But it was also to put money into that account, put money into that savings, put money into that savings. Every check, just put money in that savings to continually put money into that savings. So when it's time to move, I'm good. Like, you know, Em and I, we're good. So, fast forward, 
a year to the day. Now, like I said, we were on the fence. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but we were on the fence about whether or not we were going to move to New Orleans or Atlanta. We chose Atlanta because we felt like it was, um, it's just for both of us, we, you know, we have various other skills and things that we're good at, but um, we also are very, like, into the fashion world, the fashion community, and we like the fact that Atlanta has, I feel like, more mainstream now, more people see it, but I feel like it's kind of always been this this hub of just blackness and, you know, rich in black history, and it's just, we just love the idea of being around our own people. No disrespect to anybody else, any, you know, we're not saying this is a black and white thing, but if I'm going to move to a new town, I want to see more of my people than um, I do in anybody else. For real, for real. I'm just keeping it a, a, a stack with y'all. Um, I want to live in a neighborhood where my neighbors are black and, you know, future friends are, are you know, black. Just, just, just want to be black about it, you know. And you're talking about it, it's Black History Month, too, even though black history is every damn day, but um, I just wanted to have that access, and I don't, we don't really get that much up here in New York anymore, um, it's, it's very few places where I can go to a neighborhood or someplace and just be surrounded by black people, it's very few places, um, you know, but, you know, not saying that, you know, in Atlanta is not the same, but it's different down there. Um, so we are, you know, we narrowed it down to Atlanta. Not, you know, the job market is is dope. Um, you know, one of the questions that I kept getting from certain people, like my grandma, and my well, my mom's never active. When I, when my grandmother, when I spoke to her about it, she was like, um. What's the job market like? And are you sure? And I'm like, yes, grandma, I'm sure the job. New York ain't the the the, the hub for good jobs, not anymore. Um, so for a year, we just kept kept going, kept going, kept saving, kept going. Fast forward a year to the date of us deciding we we're gonna move to Atlanta. Her birthday comes around again, and we're like, you know what? We're going to go back to New Orleans, but this time, we're going to see more of New Orleans than we saw before. And we did just that. I We had about, I had about four or five different uh, <laughs> daiquiris. Every chance I got, I got one. Um, and I ain't getting a little one either. I got, you know, 32 ounce, and the prices are insane. It's Insanely cheap. Um, she had about two or three. Uh, we went to a place that we are very fond of, and it's definitely, we hope it's still there when we go back to visit. Um, it's a place called Fiorella's. It has a great history. Um, our quick history. The place used to be a house that, an infamous serial killer lived in 
and no one knew that he lived in that house, even though he was going around the corners from his home and butchering people. Rumor has it, the axe that he used to kill people is one of the decorations in the restaurant. Um, but yeah, so the reason why it's one of our favorite places is that the people are so nice. The waiter that we had was just like his customer service was on on point. Like he made you feel at home. Literally, we, we while we're ordering food, we're walking around the place, or not even that. When we were leaving after we didn't order food, we're walking around the place and he's telling us the history of things. Before we leave and then we're ordering food, we're being seated. He's still giving us history on the place. He's still like talking to us about things and it's just it's giving you that at-home feeling. Um, first time we had oysters was at Fiorella's. And, um, and in true New Orleans fashion, we were able to sit on them balconies that you see in, you know, all of the shows and movies and pictures and postcards and such. And that was the first time her and I did that together. And um, being able to sit on that balcony and eat and, you know, look at the, the, the town from up above, it was just dope. It really was. Um, so... We're in New Orleans, we're seeing more of New Orleans, we're trying more of the food, we're getting to know the natives, you know, we're moving about much more comfortably than we did the first trip. Um, but we're also looking at apartments and, and jobs in Atlanta. I get back to work and it was even more evident that I needed to leave. I got more signs from the universe that it was time to um, transition to something different, that I had to leave New York and go somewhere else. Um, I'm not gonna say that it was easy to get comfortable with the idea of moving, but the main thing to me was that for as long as I can remember, I've been Forced to move for one reason or another. It was always a circumstance, a situation, or something always happened where it was like, you got to move, you can't do anything about it. Um, moving the first time I moved to Maryland, back when I was um, 19, 18, 19 years old was because my, you know, my folks had left and went to North Carolina. And at the time, I didn't want to go to North Carolina. So, you know, I didn't have anybody else to stay with in New York. So I had to move. Uh, I had to move again from Maryland to North Carolina. I ended up in the same place that I didn't want to go. But I went anyway. Had no choice. Moved back to New York. Uh, spent a couple of years in New York, had my daughter, my oldest, 
some shit happened in 2013 that I won't get into right now. Definitely will talk about that in another episode. Had to move again. And it's just been this constant thing of having to move. And I got to a place at that moment nearly two years ago in New Orleans of choosing to move as opposed to having to move. And I was telling my aunt this the other day that the choice to move I'm much more comfortable with the choice to move as opposed to having to move. See, when you have to move, you're scrambling. You're packing whatever you think you're going to need. You got to get out of the town or you got to get out of the place at a certain time frame and so forth and so on. When you choose to do something, you give yourself a time frame. You give yourself a date. You give yourself the opportunity or create the opportunity as opposed to trying to find the opportunity allow me to elaborate like I said when I had to move I also had to figure out like damn I hope I get my job I hope I can keep my job I hope I can find a job I hope I can transfer wherever I'm working now all of that hope 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 all of that shit starts to take like precedent over other things. So you leave and hope that something's going to happen. And then when you get to that town and you, you're blessed enough to have those things happen, the whole time you're there, you already sort of got a bad taste in your, mouth, in your mouth because you're like, fuck, I was lucky enough to get this. It just becomes more about, oh, well, at least I made it this far, right? You don't really enjoy it. At least for me. And I can speak from, you know, from my personal point of view and a few other people that I know that did the same thing or had to do the same thing. And it became this whole like, you know, this 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 angst towards you don't really get to enjoy what's going on in the city that you're now living in. Um, so. The other end of it, when you choose to do these things and you give yourself a time frame, you start applying for jobs, you start applying for apartments, you have time to look at all of this stuff. You're not scrambling. You know what you're going to pack. You know what you're going to try to sell. You know what you're going to throw out. You know what you're going to donate. You know how you're going to get it. Like, it's just a different level of clarity. All of these things start to... Uh, come into play now you may have to adjust some of these things you may have to adjust the job that you want you know what we learned my girlfriend and I what we learned about uh, moving to the state of Georgia is that in order to get an apartment you have to have a job you have to have some type of income coming in for them to run Uh, when I moved from Baltimore or should I say from District Heights, Maryland to New York almost four years ago. When I applied for this part, they didn't, the jobs, nothing, none of that cared if I was living in New York. They were like, oh, you have experience? When can you start? And then everything else was left up to me to figure out. 
So I could have been working, when I was working at NMX, I could have been sleeping on the park bench. They didn't give a damn as long as I had, you know, as long as I was able to get to work. In Georgia, you got to recalibrate things. You got to adjust and, and change your approach. You want to stay because, you know, you move into a town where you don't really know nobody. You got to get a crib. You got to get a job first. So I was able to um, secure a job before I even got down there. After, you know, weeks of applying, 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 I was able to, to secure a job before we even get down there. Um, so that's that's one thing. So that's what I mean by the plan having to be adjusted a little bit. Because our original plan was to save as much money as we can save, leave New York, get down there, pay for two, three, four months in advance in rent. And then look for a job. But we had to change some things up. And that's the point. Stick to the plan. I never gave up my plan. We never gave up the plan. We never abandoned the plan and or, or none of that. We simply just adjusted to um, what was being thrown at us and how... Life was coming at us in that in, in, in that particular or in this particular fashion. Um, we actually took a trip to Atlanta after the New Year, literally after the New Year. Um, I'm talking about like the next, not the next day, the third. So we went down there on the third, and. We went down there, drove around town. Um, we spent so much money. Not not even that. I'm not even going to say that. We didn't spend that much money on anything. At all. Not food. Not drink. Not even gas. I spent so much money. We spent so much money on transportation in New York. Now, mind you, I don't really go out. I live in Jersey City. I don't really go outside of Jersey City that much unless I'm going to Manhattan. And I'm talking about from Lower East Side, Tribeca, downtown Manhattan, to Midtown. Maybe where I used to work at in like 52nd Street area. If it's beyond that where I have to get on the train and go to Harlem or go to um, to Brooklyn and certain places... Where it's going to cost me double the fare, it starts to become a pain in the ass, because now my price for transportation has doubled. Let me elaborate. In New York, for those who don't know, it is two seventy-five per trip. I live in Jersey City. The PATH train is two seventy two seventy-five per trip. That means two seventy-five gets me. On the train and off the train to get back on the train. That's another two seventy-five. So I'm at five dollars and fifty cents for two trips. That's to work and back, or to the mall and back, or to the store. Um, if I want to go to a different store that's not a corner store and back. 
if I want to do anything outside of that radius that I just spoke of, which is from Lower East Side of Manhattan to Midtown, I now have to add another 550 to that trip. So now I'm at $10. And that's just if I'm going somewhere for one day. There's seven days in a week. You do the math. At one point, I was paying nearly $100 a week because of all the running around that I was doing in terms of my clothing brand and going to see my daughter and other things and so forth and so on. And please don't confuse me saying going to see my daughter is like a problem because that's not even the case. I want people to get hung up on that. I'm just mentioning because my daughter lives in Brooklyn. She does not live here in Jersey City with me. She lives in Brooklyn. But when you think about that much money being spent on public transportation, we rented a car in Georgia. We went from Marietta, which is sort of like Northwest, to Southeast, to a little bit of um, Southwest of Atlanta. We drove around from Friday to Friday afternoon or morning, actually, Friday morning. So Friday, all day, once we got there, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then we drove back to return the car on Tuesday. So about four and a half, nearly five days. We just, we didn't even get through a half a tank of gas. By the time we had to drop the car off and return it, we put another $20 in it. We put $20 into the tank to fill it back up. We drove over a hundred and something miles and only spent $20 in five days. Already, it's making more and more sense to have a car, live in a cheaper area, go wherever the hell we want to go versus having to depend on public transportation and limit ourselves Simply because of how much money we want to shell out. I don't know about you. I don't know about y'all. But me personally. That freedom alone. And that cost effectiveness. Outweighs. All of the mess that. We've had to shell out. All the money we've had to shell out. For the past two years. Actually. More than that. (laughs) More than that, because I've been up here for almost four years now. But anyway, the point is, we didn't let anything discourage us from the plan that we had in 2018, standing in the middle of the Garden District, talking about, we have to leave New York. We didn't let anything discourage us. We got that feeling. We both were on the same page. We felt it. We knew it in our souls that it was time for a change. We just had to do what we needed to do in order to be prepared for when that change comes. I wholeheartedly believe that the more you are prepared for things and then when opportunity presents presents itself or themselves, that you better know, you, you, you are 
better equipped to navigate those opportunities. Um, far too often I hear and see and, and know people who have gone through, you know, they get an opportunity, be it, you know, to work at their dream job or to, you know, live in their dream home and their dream town. And then because they're not prepared, they squander those dreams and those opportunities. You know, I didn't want to become part of that group of people. So I prepared myself, me and my girlfriend, we prepared ourselves for when it's time to move. We're good. We can hit the ground running. You know, and this episode pretty much is just about being aware and being prepared and the manifestation of sticking to the goal and saying, you know what, no matter what, this is where I'm going and I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. Because literally, like I said, for a year and a couple months now, I have been on this journey. My girlfriend has been on this journey. We, as a couple, have been on this journey. I'll give you another little tidbit of information. I was going to leave my job... Um. Um, this week, matter of fact, I was going to leave my job this week. I was going to leave my job this week, February 10th, but actually I was going to leave it Friday, which is I think the 13th or the 14th, one of them I was going to leave it then. I was going to wait to the middle of February, leave my job, and then you know, go ahead and go into my new job in, in in the A. But when I got back from Atlanta, back in January, like around the 6th or the 7th, I had a conversation with the president of the company. And she pushed the date up just a about a week or two. Yeah, about a week or two. And I didn't fret. I didn't get upset. I didn't get bothered. I didn't get worried. None of that. Because it gave me more time to look at apartments, speak speak to leasing agents, apply for apartments, read, relax, catch up on some sleep. Not stress myself out about having to get up every fucking morning at 6.40 just to be to work by 8.40 so I can have enough time to eat breakfast to get out of the rat race, to get out of that mind frame. You dig what I'm saying? Like, sometimes when you have a plan, like I said earlier, adjustments need to be made. Don't be afraid of the adjustments. Welcome the adjustments. Because the adjustments let you know that your plan is working.
Because if you're just sitting back watching things happen, no adjustments. The adjustments, like I said, the adjustments let you know your plan is working. Um, even though my, my, my date got pushed up about two weeks, like I said, I wasn't scared. I wasn't afraid. Um, I simply just took it for what it was. I took some time to relax. I took some time to do what I needed to do to make sure I had access to my 401k. I took some time to, um, you know, when I say relax, I mean really relax. I woke up, I went to sleep late, woke up, not too late, but woke up late enough to just, I was, at one point I was only getting like, you know, six hours of rest. I was up to like eight, nine hours of rest. I would wake up, do what I needed to do in terms of the apartments do research, apply for some other jobs, call apartment complexes, you know, call the bank to make sure that I had, you know, I was on good terms and had to, you know, get everything straight. Like I said, with my 401k, I did what I needed to do with the time that I was now given. If I was still going to work, I would still be waking up at 640 to get to work at 840 to try to have enough time in my day to make sure I was good and all of that other jazz. Um, and I did all of that, what I said previously a moment ago, in a week. Entering the second week of not working, um, I have more time, clearly, <laughs> to get prepared for what's to come. I was blessed enough to get a job offer. I start in a, a, a short while. Well, not a short while. I start in a little while. Um, because I stuck to the plan, because I stuck to the course, this lady took a chance on me. Um, living in New York, moving to, you know, applying for a job in Georgia. She, she didn't know when, you know, most people are just bypass you until you're in the state and then they can say, okay, cool. You're, you're, you live here now. I can interview you face to face. She took an opportunity on me. She, you know, we had to interview via FaceTime and I start soon. So I just want everybody out there to know, like, the whole point of this is to stick to the plan. Trust the process. Do whatever you need to do to make the necessary adjustments, but do not give up on your path. Do not give up. Do not abandon your dreams. Do not abandon what you feel like you need to do. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. Keep hustling. Keep going because that is literally the only way that you're going to see the results that you want to see. And if your results are to have a certain job or be in a certain place or to be in, you know, to have a certain lifestyle, have a plan, write it down and get to work. Um, I'm not saying that shit is going to be easy because it's not. I'm not saying that everything you want is going to come right then and there. 
Um, nor am I saying that your plan is going to always work. Sometimes you might have to step away from something, recalibrate, and then get back into it. The point is, do whatever you got to do to get to where you need to get to. And um, with that being said, um, peace and love. Thank you for listening. And I hope you all have a, either a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.